Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of Knowing Wheel. Yes, we're back this week, episode 122 of your favourite Formula 1 related show. And as always, I'm joined by in yet another new house, it's Jamie183. How, how are we doing, my friend? I'm good, I'm good. Moving house over the previous week has been fun. I'm now in a flat on the sixth floor of Manchester. Uh, not the whole city, just of this building. Um, but yeah, it's good. It might be slightly more echoey than usual, and the lighting is probably worse than it was in my old place. But we're here, and in six weeks I'll have another new flat to be in. So look forward to that. I'm sure there's many that would argue the less we can see and the less we can hear the better <laughs> from my colleague Jamie183. But yeah, he's going to be moving again um, during the summer break. So what can we say? Well-travelled is Jamie183. Yeah. Someone needs to make a list of all the locations that I've recorded in. I feel like it must be about 15 by now. I was going to say, we're definitely at double digits for you, aren't yeah. we? And I've recorded... To be fair, I think I've recorded in four Two. places? No, more than that. Three at least. Because wow. we, we did a couple when I was out in Switzerland... I've done three um, in the last three weeks. Yeah, I know. You constantly <laughs> move around, though, and I, I just, just sit in this room most of my life. Yeah, fair. Um, but anyway, we, we have actually got a lot to go through today, haven't we? Um, yes. <laughs> reviewing the action from the Austrian Grand Prix. It is notes galore. Um, but, yeah, second sprint race weekend of the year, of course. We did an Austrian GP pre-show as well. Um, quickly, before we go into that, we're, we're going to start trying to get into a routine, doing some housekeeping around the channel as well. Starting in 2024, for those of you that are watching here on YouTube, that obviously our audio listeners, you'll be absolutely fine. Starting from 2024, we will be exclusively moving the podcast over onto its own channel. It'll be linked down in the description below. Obviously, it is known as the Knowing Wheel channel already, so um, we've posted clips from the podcast before that's probably going to be coming back as well uh but yeah next year the podcast is going to be completely moving off of the map 2 into youtube channel we're already posting as of last week every podcast every new podcast that we do onto that places, channel as basically. well um so yeah it's basically we're, we're just trying to make a transition uh, ready for next year because obviously we want to do a few more things with the show and it does we, we've kind of discussed it and we think it gets a little bit kind of hidden here because obviously i do a lot of different things um but yeah link in the description below if you're here on youtube go sub over there of course and yeah start watching the show over there i suppose may as well get into the routine if Mm. you will but as we said you know we did an austrian gp pre-show so there wasn't too much to talk about going into the weekend i think the only major thing we missed jamie wasn't it was lando norris's new mclaren car yes yeah they've brought in a bunch of upgrades that were initially planned for silverstone but they got them done early so he can have well they got one of them done early so norris got a uh basically a b-spec car almost um straight ready for austria whereas piastri had to make do with the old mclaren which as we've discussed previously is lacking in many areas so yeah we had wait and see how that did over the weekend and i think they'll be pretty happy with it to be honest helps of course as always, by the fact that Lando Norris is nuts around the Red Bull yeah, ring. Yeah, he's an he? absolute Spielberg merchant, to be fair. Like, first podium was here, got a podium at a front row start in 21. Arguably could have had two podiums in 2021. Um, yeah, he's he's really, really good around here. Probably one of his best tracks. And if ever we needed more evidence that he probably is Red Bull's future uh, alongside Max Verstappen, um, I think that is absolutely another argument that could be made. <laughs> his driving style is so similar to Verstappen's yeah it's yeah nuts absolutely nuts um but of course yeah jumping into free practice though I mean obviously only one free practice session this weekend this was something as well that I wanted to talk to you about 
only one free practice session. I know we've discussed it before. Really, really does screw over the rookies, doesn't it? I guess, yeah, a little bit. Um, little bit? Yeah. Well, I guess learning a new track. If they've been there before, I guess it'd be okay. In Which they will have in yeah. Austria. Yeah, um, yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. It's it's the same for everyone, though, isn't it? Because, yeah. It's yeah, just how, I mean, the, how the cookie crumbles, I guess. Now, there is a tiny part of me that wonders whether the rookies should be given like an extra 30 minutes or something like that. <laughs> but I know, obviously, it would never happen in a million years. Um, but, yeah, I mean, free practice, to be honest, was a fairly boring affair. Mercedes looked quite competitive against Red Bull. Um, Max was fastest in the end, though. He was, like I said, no real instance. Again, it's only one practice session and obviously we're qualifying later on in the afternoon no one really wants to take any risk do they i mean mm. you know trashing a car that then means you could start you could not qualify and then start the race at the back um would be an absolute disaster so we'll jump right in then uh with qualifying of course our first of two qualifyings uh this weekend and the first one probably less dramatic than the second but it did start with valtteri bottas going for a spin didn't it at turn one yeah and then what the second we are oh second in three weekends or something when the Alfa Romeo just stopped they thought it was done they red flagged it and then he got it going again so a little bit premature on a red flag potentially although yeah it looked like he was done in the session then just got it got it rebooted so it was a little bit rookie from Bottas I mean he's not been that good this whole season really other than a few races so yeah it's I'm I don't know if, if he's enjoying it anymore but that's probably a discussion for another time um and it's yeah they got going again yeah, they got going again and no major surprises in Q1 other than just how close it was, which I guess we could have we could have seen coming really given how short the track is in the modern cars in terms of lap time. Um, and yeah, you had the two Alphataris, two Williams, no, sorry, just one Williams of Logan Sargent, uh, Magnussen and Joe Guan Yu out in Q1. Magnussen had some sort of issue. I can't remember quite what it ERS, was. ERS, wasn't it? Yeah, there was some sort of issue that he qualified 18th was the reason um but yeah i mean he was going to lose to hulkenberg anyway let's be real um yeah q2 though was a big big talking point you obviously had sergio perez in the red bull uh on off the back of three q or three in a row where he hadn't made q3 in one of the fastest car the sports has ever seen um and once again somehow managed to mess it up in his in his red bull which will not have gone down very well with Red Bull management you imagine and especially when he he had three attempts to make it through to Q3 and all he has to do is kind of play it safe you know it's not about getting fastest in that session it's just about getting through to the top 10 which he could kind of do at a canter really maybe at 90% 80% of what the car's capable of he could get through to Q3 and yeah he he managed to have three goes at it and all three of them had his lap time deleted so it didn't set a lap in Q2 and was out in 15th place, which, yeah, was pretty shocking from Perez, really. Um, and I'm sure it's just the pressure that's mounting. If he doesn't do it again in Silverstone, what do you even do at that point? Yeah, I mean, I, I was going to say that. I mean, I reckon Silverstone will be where he starts to get his mojo back. Um, but, I mean, the first time since 2008, a Red Bull has failed to make Q3 four times in a row. And this is probably the most sickeningly OP Red Bull that they've ever had in that regard yeah, as well. Um, you, you know, I get it. It's a short lap. You know, you have got to still be on it. I mean, it was um, 
David Coulthard, I think, uh, made a fantastic, obviously, statement after Q1. The first time ever in Formula 1 that the entire grid has been covered by less than a second in a session, which was closer than F2 and F3. And obviously, they've got identical cars, cars yeah. which is absolutely wild, isn't it? The fact that It says a lot about the, the quality of driver. Is. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. That is the other big thing. You know, you haven't got, you know, your Brad Benavides or some of the really poor drivers in F3. Nikita Mazepin anymore. You, Nikita Mazepin as well, exactly. He was a second off anyone, never mind everyone. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, yeah, Checo, like, he's got a... I mean, he, to be fair, you know, a little bit of spoiler, of course, but we all, you know, I'm pretty certain we all would have watched the race. <laughs> um, you know, he did recover quite well, of course, come Sunday afternoon. But he shouldn't have to be recovering, and especially no. not four weekends in a row should he be having to no. recover, because, of course, Max Verstappen isn't a driver that has to recover four weekends in a row yeah. or ever at all it yeah. feels like at the moment and Checo seems to be obviously it's a short track so the gaps are less dramatic but he seems to be almost right there with Max in terms of quality pace this this race so had he got into Q3 you'd imagine and he's put a lap together in Q3 of course but he'd easily be second probably like able to at least challenge Max Verstappen because Verstappen wasn't glowing in, in Friday quality he was not on it and like Leclerc almost got pole position for the second sprint in a row but yeah Perez really just his own worst enemy at this at this time so yeah unfortunate but that's the way it goes and I'm sure I for his sake I hope he pulls it together on uh, on Silverstone qualifying really well this is the thing isn't it and I know we've spoke you know we've spoke so much about Nick De Vries. you know he's really in a tight situation with Red Bull at the moment you know it does feel like any day that announcement could come on I don't think either of us would be too surprised is Perez going to be following him to job center come the end of the year it could be yeah it's lucky for him that he's able to recover I think if you if he was doing this in 2021 and it was finishing like sixth seventh every week because it was harder to follow and harder to pass and the grid was closer he wasn't in such an OP car then yeah it would have been would have been hard but the fact that he can generally at least get back towards the top five top three it's kind of bailing him out yeah but i'm still not you know you'd be if i was red bull management you'd be looking at that going well i could get a lando norris who can seem to do the job every week i mean i know again it's just us trying to hype up and i'm not sure how i'd feel about lando norris going to red bull either (laughs) going to the dark side exactly exactly i don't think max verstappen would feel that happy if he got a proper good teammate to be honest, I think, I think Verstappen would beat him. Yeah, yeah, but, but it would I, be I less think comfortable. it would be more of an ego thing for Max, which I mean, I was literally about to get onto in a couple of minutes when we talk about sprint, the actual sprint race. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, obviously we, we jumped into Q3 though. I mean, like you said, Max, I, I think not on it is a bit harsh. I think he just knew, of course, that it didn't really matter at that point, did it? Yeah. Because uh, the only car that was ever going to be able to keep up with him in the race was starting P15 again, uh, yeah. and I mean, he, he still took pole. That being said, though, Leclerc, Friday night again, absolutely ringing the neck out of that Ferrari. Mm. It was a fantastic lap by him to get within half a tenth of the Red Bull. I mean, those final couple of corners were absolutely beautiful uh, driving from Charles Leclerc. And he had Sainz right behind him in P3. Carlos Sainz, I think, he had a decent little weekend. He did. (laughs) Unfortunately, didn't really uh, get what he deserved in terms of the result, but that was kind of his own fault. We'll come on to that later. But yeah, he was very good pace all weekend. Yeah, and again, obviously, like we said, Spielberg merchant himself, Lando Norris, P4 
on the grid as well there. We're going to beat out Hamilton. And another weekend where Aston Martin just seemed to be a yeah. little bit alienated. Yeah, it's strange what's going on with them because at the start, start of the season they were fantastic everywhere and on all kind of track. And then, well, I guess Baku was the main one and then also uh, Austria, of course. But you can't think about it. Austria isn't that different from somewhere like Canada where Alonso did very well. So it is weird how they, they just have kind of hot and cold weekends. But yeah, they never really looked a threat in the race, although did both get good points or all right points at least. <laughs> Yeah, picked up the pieces quite nicely, didn't they? I think they were kind of bailed out in many ways, obviously, for Mercedes having a bit of a nightmare. Obviously, oh, yeah. George Russell out in Q2 on Friday, um, just could not quite get the lap he needed hooked up. Was um, and then hydraulics, across, wasn't it? Yeah, hydra- uh, no, that was Saturday. Oh, that yeah, was a Saturday. hydraulic yeah. failure, yeah. Um, which we were literally just about to get into, of course, because sprint qualifying, to be honest, Saturday was probably more interesting than Friday and Sunday put together, wasn't it, for the most part? <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, I didn't get to catch either of the sessions on saturday because i was at a wedding did you not <laughs> no i was following uh, it while uh, hearing the speeches because i saw Hogenberg was second place and i was getting excited <laughs> i guess i'll run through that then so yeah sprint qualifying of course uh, we woke up saturday morning rain had hit the spielberg circuit um so obviously f3 had kind of moved a lot of standing water off, off the circuit i've watched that race very very good fun um but yeah it was uh, uh a moist track I think is probably the best way to describe it in the sense of there was definitely still a lot of wet patches uh, but unless you were Williams you were going straight out there on a set of dry tyres Carlos Sainz again shout out to him issues early on in his Ferrari though I think he had issues with the brakes didn't he Uh, that he wasn't getting the engine braking proper Mm. or the recharge uh, braking but came back out late on in Q1 and just went and immediately went fastest, which was mega by him, especially on a track that was constantly evolving. Uh, mm. But the the big controversy, Jamie, that kind of got forgotten about, and I don't know if you've seen the clip of it, was Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton. I just saw that Hamilton was out in 18th, and it was quite funny. So so it was yeah. very, very awkward. And this was, this was a point that I was going to talk about. So Max Verstappen is finishing off his lap. Round in the final corner, Hamilton is starting his lap in front of him. He's probably about a second in front, but it means, obviously, because he's starting a lap rather than being finishing one, by the time they get to the line, Verstappen has all but pulled alongside him. So, obviously, Lewis then heads down in towards turn one. Max then, obviously, like I said, has finished his lap, uh, but he just kind of doesn't really bail out of it and stays on the inside of Lewis in towards the first corner. Hmm. Now, that is interesting. I found it quite funny. First of all, because uh, obviously, you know, had it gone to the stewards, Max would have gone, well, I was trying to go for another lap and yeah. would have got away there's with no it way, you, There's no way you'd struggle to prove against it. Yeah. But what surprised me was the fact that neither of them got a penalty rather than both of them. Because really, they both blocked each other's runs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, the stewards are generally they don't try and get involved if if there's no real loser so i guess he saw it in on lap one as well where sonoda uh went for a dumb move but they didn't give him a penalty because the only loser was sonoda so giving another penalty would have just been a bit yeah strange um so i guess that's kind of why they both like it's just like school kids fighting if they're both suffering then just leave it leave them to it 
But I think it gets even more difficult, of course, when Charles Leclerc picks up a penalty, even though he was coming into the pit lane. And obviously Oscar Piastri was on a lap. And obviously just the mess that is the Austrian GP pit lane entry. Mm. Um, you know, and you kind of say there was no loser. What about every other driver on the grid who doesn't suppose, block who someone? doesn't gain yeah. from their penalties, potentially. But yeah, it wasn't that difficult. big of a deal in the end. And no. why was Hamilton so slow? Was there a reason for that? Well, because Max was on the apex of turn one when he was trying well, to start fair. his lap. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Um, yeah, so Zhou Guanyu, Piastri, Lewis Hamilton out in Q1. I mean, his interview afterwards was quite telling as well about drivers' feelings on sprint races. He went, I don't care, it's a sprint race. <laughs> There's no <laughs> points. So Which is not a great look for Formula One no. when still quite clearly your drivers aren't interested uh, by sprint races as well. Um and then, of course, yeah, it got even worse for Mercedes because Russell had a hydraulic failure, so he immediately couldn't do a run in Q2. Um, so that meant Albon was going to start the sprint from 11th, uh, just ahead of Gasly and his two, well, the two current AlphaTauri drivers at his former team, uh, Sonoda and DeFries out. And then, unfortunately, well, I say unfortunately, depends depends who you're a fan of, um, Verstappen, yeah, Sunday, uh, Saturday, sorry, even qualifying, a bit more comfortable, took pole by about three and a half tenths over Perez. Lando, though, running up in P3, Head of Hulk, Sainz, Leclerc. Again, Aston Martin, a little bit anomalous uh, in 7th and 8th. Ahead uh, of Ocon and Kevin Magnussen. Shout-outs to Lando and Nico. Especially Indeed. when Nico did that lap on... Oh, excuse on medium, me, medium tyres. Ahead of both Ferraris and both Aston Martins and both Mercedes. What a ghastly goat. He's genuinely... This isn't even bait. He's one of the fastest qualifiers on the grid still. And he always uh... has been better at qualifying than he has been in the race. Oh, well, that's not that useful. Yeah. That's not that useful. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I think a lot of drivers have still got that bit in them, haven't they? When it's all working well, they can get extract a lot out of the car. Yeah. Um, but, but I think Hulk's he's quality. also going up against K-Mag, who I would argue isn't a qualifier either. No, he's just a battler who beats people all the time. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, but that then brought us on, of course, Saturday afternoon to the start of the sprint race. And I have you seen anything from the I sprint race? I watched the highlights. Yeah, That's all right then. I was following it live on Twitter a little bit as well, but obviously right. was trying to be sociable. Yes, so. <laughs> yeah. Thoughts on the Perez and Max incidents then at the start? That was just weird. It was just like Perez thought he was a hard man, kind of, and was like, I'm going to have a go at Max. And then, I mean, it was fair. I think I'm glad there was no penalties, basically, but it was hard racing, obviously. I think if it wasn't teammates and if there was contact, they probably would have dished out some pens. But... Yeah, I just found it funny that Perez went all like, look at me, I'm massive, into turn one. And then into turn three, he got absolutely done up the inside. Um, was left also nowhere to go. Yeah, but still, he like Max was able to break so much later and get yeah, the car alongside, yeah. which was crazy. But yeah, I mean, I think Perez kind of probably had a point to prove after qualifying 15th for the GP. But um, yeah, it was never gonna last that long and i guess if he was able to get ahead of max permanently and stay ahead of max then maybe he uh he could have could have uh held that for the rest of the race but i doubt it but i guess that was his big opportunity and he, he took it into turn one and then immediately gave it back into turn three yes yeah exactly And i mean it was i said there obviously that he was left no space he also left max no space yeah. on the exit of turn one it was six to one um, half doesn't the other really wasn't it? exactly so. exactly and this was the point i was actually going to talk about when it comes to max verstappen's ego because of course that dive into turn two was completely yeah you're the number two here mate i'm not it was that. just like 
right, if you can give that, you're taking this, really, wasn't it? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah. The the thing that gutted me in it, of course, was the fact that Lando Norris, had he just been able to get the car slowed down slightly earlier, probably could have taken the lead. Yeah. Because he was probably in prime position there to get up to the front. Uh, and instead, it was a certain Nico Hulkenberg that found himself Indeed. all the way up to P2 after Verstappen and Perez continue to barge each other around at Turn 4. Good move from Hulk on Perez as well. So... Yeah, it was yeah. a very good move into turn five, round the outside. Indeed, indeed. Best wet driver on the grid? No, definitely not. Probably top Dude, five wet drivers on the grid. Oh, behave. <laughs> he behave. genuinely, qualifying in wet weather, they're the good Sorry, things. Sorry, r- remind me where he finished in this sprint race after running P2 in a car that's probably the race? eighth fastest on the grid. Oh, give up. <laughs> give up. It's definitely not in the top five. In the. It's because we've got four locked in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And yeah, Hasser always nuts at Austria, remember? He deserves some credit. Hasser always good. great at Austria, so you can't even argue that fair, as fair. well. Um, <laughs> I mean, it would take Perez 12 laps to get back past yeah. Hulkenberg, which is kind of nuts. By which point, um, Verstappen had checked out and won and the Verstappen race. had won, yeah, at yeah. this point. Uh, but it was looking like the dry tyres could be possible pretty soon. Mm. Um, so after a good little battle between Leclerc and Esteban Ocon, um, which Leclerc then ran wide and let Lando Norris past him, George Russell was the first to blink at the end of lap 16, wasn't he? Yeah, was he out? He was out at the points, wasn't he? At that point, uh, so, he was tenth, so just yeah. outside. So he kind of had to roll the dice because obviously you're battling for what one or two points, and if it and goes Mercedes well, you might didn't care. Yeah, he might end up fifth or fourth if you go dries and it works. So that's what he did. And then the next lap, uh, once Russell's tires are warmed up, he was setting the timing sheets alight. So a few other drivers, obviously not very long left in the sprint race, but. The drivers who were kind of struggling or had nothing to lose uh, went in, went into the pits um, for dry tyres. So Hulkenberg, Hamilton, and a few others lower down the order who had no points to lose uh, tried it, and it worked okay. It was it kind of ended up back where you started almost, wasn't it? Because Hulkenberg pit from fifth, but realistically would have ended up behind both Aston Martins with his wearing intermediates pit. Well, he was getting jumped by him as yeah. he pit. Yeah, so he pits, comes out and drives in 11th or 12th, and then works his way back up to 6th, which is probably where he would have been anyway. So it it wasn't like a Spa 08 or a Russia no. 21, but it was definitely no. uh, uh, an interesting end to the sprint race. Very, a pretty good sprint race as well, all things considered. Well, this is what we always said about the sprint races, wasn't it? They work brilliantly when you get these kind of races. I want yeah. to see one that goes from dry to wet. I think that yeah, could be, be dramatic. Because uh, yeah. wet to dry races nowadays, we've got so much data, haven't we? That they're, they're quite predictable. They they can be quite predictable, but dry to wet race. I mean, look at Monaco just a few weeks ago. That was absolutely wild for about yeah. ten laps, wasn't it? Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, like we said, obviously some drivers pit worked obviously quite well. You know, George and Lewis were able to work their way back up. Um. But Red Bull didn't at the front, and Max still absolutely controlled it uh, to the finish. There took the win ahead of Perez and Carlos Sainz. As yeah, the Aston Martins duking it out, and Alonso was most definitely reminded of how many he's paid um so <laughs> sat behind lance stroll right to the end yeah reminded who uh, who owns the team and stayed stayed put but holgenberg ended up behind them both in sixth with ocon and russell alongside each other over the finish line ocon just ahead in seventh and uh Hulkenberg, yeah picking up three points which is his second points finish of the season i believe uh wow, that, he's only scored twice yeah but he scored a lot of his sixth and seventh in a has so we take that. in a sprint race, mate. Come on, it's three points. Yeah, it's not three all more that. Than Hamilton got in the sprint. Yeah, it's a fair point, but look how well <laughs> Lewis is in the championship. 
Yeah. Just remember, Hamilton's had more podiums this year than Nico will ever get. <laughs> will ever? That's a big statement. He won't get a podium. You can't honestly believe Hulkenberg's got a podium in him still, surely. It, it's been closer this year than he has been his previous few seasons he, in Formula One. Yeah, yeah but... Uh, he so, was a dodgy red flag call away in Melbourne, so there you go. He was, yeah, to be fair. Um, Had he got a podium this weekend... How, in the sprint, sorry, how gutted would you have been? Because it wouldn't count. I would have counted it. I definitely I know would you would have that. counted it, but it <laughs> wouldn't have counted was the point I was making. Yeah, I mean, it would have been... Like, I'd have still taken it really well. Cause you, you've got the, the pictures. You get my new phone background, so that's all that really matters. Oh, you um, don't want Max and Chef <laughs> on there, do you? Surely. Probably not. If it was, like, Max and Lando and Hulk, that would be all over it. You can't just make a podium. <laughs> Someone photoshopped me that, and I might... No, I won't use it. <laughs> don't waste your time photoshopping that yeah. ladies and gentlemen um, but that brought us in then finally to race day Sunday doesn't it um, and yeah, I, well it was a decent again it was another race wasn't it Jamie where there's a fair it. amount going on Yeah, but it's, it's just the it's, I mean there's no other way of it's putting just, it. it's no just no the way Max wins yeah if you it took Max out of the picture it's a boring way if you took Max out of the picture how many direct You'd probably have five winners this year. Who, how many drivers have finished second? Uh, Alonso, Perez, Hamilton. Is that it? And Leclerc. Leclerc. Yeah, so now. four winners in eight races, or nine races, sorry. It's not that bad if you took no. Verstappen out. No, just remove um, Verstappen. But, I mean, yeah, it, it's just there's no jeopardy. So you've got slightly interesting races, but you just know that the win's always in the bag. So even as a Verstappen fan, I kind of want something to go wrong for him at some point, but I still win the championship. Yeah, I mean, it'd be, all he needs to do, and this, yeah, I'm trying to think. Just start doing master I, first. Well, I can. Tr- I'm trying to think of a way I word this nicely where it doesn't sound like I'm evil. <laughs> um, say, for example, he decides to take three months off to spend going fishing with his dad. Let's say. Yeah. Um, yeah. Why he do that in the middle of an F1 season, I don't know. That yeah. would be brilliant. <laughs> you know, we get some different winners. We he comes get, back then and a still wins the championship. He probably would still. That's what worries me. Yeah. Especially if it was three months from now because he only missed like six races. Checker would still throw it away. Yeah, he'd still be qualifying um, 15th every week. Probably. Um, <laughs> anyway, back to the Austrian Grand Prix though, I suppose. We've gone on a bit of a tangent there. <laughs> uh, early drama, wasn't it? For uh, probably the man that's been hyped up more than any other so far this year, little Yuki Snowder. Um, yeah, messed it up twice in four corners to start Indeed. the race. Yeah, it was a poor move, Danny, inside of Turn 1. Um, kind of went for a gap that was... It was optimistic, to say the least. I think the move... It was trying to make a move an Ocon. And then because he's literally so narrow into Turn 1, he just understood into the side of Bottas. Uh, got some front wing damage and then didn't really realise. Uh, and then into Turn 4, um, just completely missed his braking point almost and went straight into the gravel. Um yeah, poor from Snowder. I did see that and immediately think it was DeVries live. Uh, yep. <laughs> but it wasn't. And Sonoda was the one making the mistake this time. But it wasn't great from him. And the race didn't really go anywhere from that point onwards, really, from him. Um, and yeah, it was top five stayed in order. Uh, I think Alonso jumped Stroll and Hulkenberg jumped Stroll as well from seventh. Uh, but unfortunately for Hulkenberg, as is the uh, theme, really, for the first stint of most races this season, it's just... Hogberg qualifying higher than he should and dropping back with no tyre wear. Um, so the same all, was happening. All the tyre wear. Yeah, with no tyre durability. The same was happening here until I think lap 11, 10 or 11-ish. He pit 
which would have been super early, definitely nailed on three stop, which would have been a lot of fun for a fan of his. Uh, and it didn't actually matter in the end because the engine blew up. <laughs> so great, great Sunday for Hulkenberg there. Um, yeah, and that brought out the VSC quite early on. And yeah, as I've said before, VSCs or safety cars during a pit window kind of nullify a race a little bit. This one wasn't so bad because there was still some differences, but everyone pit apart from the Red Bulls. Um, yeah, so you had after the VSC ended, everyone fresh tyres apart from Verstappen in the lead, and Perez was third. I think he was behind Leclerc. Yeah, he recovered um, very nicely early on, hadn't he? Yeah, he did a very very good job early in the race. Mm-hmm. Um, um, yeah, and that kind of settled into the rhythm of the race at that point. And yeah, there was a lot going on lower down the order and a little bit going on in the top 10 but nothing going on for p1 no exactly and i mean even by the time obviously well at least once max did pit of course um it meant that it was first time he wasn't leading laps since miami uh, which yeah. is nice that we had someone else at the top of the standings which was for at the change. beginning of may two months ago yeah alarming <laughs> alarming um we had, you know we did still have some good battles so you know uh yeah. Sainz versus perez was a great battle early on mm-hmm. in the afternoon wasn't it Sainz passing perez which i wasn't really expecting after he uh, had previously passed Hamilton and Norris, because they both jumped him in the VSC window with the double stacking for Ferrari. Um, and yeah, two Norris. slow stops, which was yeah. bizarre. Yeah. Um, I guess Hamilton and Norris were like, I was surprised that Norris was keeping up with Hamilton at the start, but he did, and eventually he actually passed him. Well, because um, Hamilton had car issues. Did he? I haven't seen that. Yeah, that, he had uh, brake issues. Wow. I actually hadn't seen that, but I mean, if that's true, then fair play. Uh but yeah, he didn't have uh, brake issues when he was extending track limits every corner. So well, that was he... why he was extending track limits. Going <laughs> to get the car slowed down, or turned, or stopped. Yeah, yeah, um, exactly. So yeah, lap seventeen out of seventy-one, Hamilton got a uh, five-second penalty, which was not great. And he was also doing his best to complain all the time. So yeah, he was just had a really, really off day on Sunday, which. Austria has been always a bit of a bogey track for Hamilton. He does not like Austria, does yeah. he? I was literally thinking this. It's yeah. not a good track for him. Um, yeah, because even while well, both his Mercedes teammates during the dominant era had more wins than he did in the head-to-head over yeah. their time together. So that's just unusual, really. <laughs> um, and yeah, Which even is bizarre, because in... on the other hand, he had one of his best ever qualifying performances also in Austria. In the wet, yeah. In yeah. 2020, wasn't it? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, very, strange. very weird venue for Lewis Hamilton. Um, I mean, again, it was one of those races where there was obviously lots going on, uh, but it's just not where people want a lot going on. I mean, apparently, according to Jamie on the notes, most of it was involving Kevin Magnussen um, as yeah. well there. Magnussen likes to get involved in scraps. He definitely is the kind of guy that just goes to pubs to have a fight. Yeah, completely. And he hadn't pit under the VSC as well, so he was raised up like eight places to where he was before. And then spent the next 20 laps just falling back slowly, but making a fight of it every time. So, yeah, it was it was fun to watch. But you had, I think, what, both Williams, Bottas was in there, Joe was in there, and Magnussen just being a bit of a menace to everyone. Yeah, yeah, until he got yeeted by Nick DeFries, wasn't it? Again, yeah. <laughs> second weekend in a row. Yeah. Even Kevin Magnussen had come to blows. I don't know what DeFries is trying to prove against him, um, but clearly not happy. Yeah, yeah, a little shove into the gravel and a five-second pen to follow. Um, actually not for track limits which became a bit of a rarity that any five second penalty wasn't related to track limit infringements uh, but yeah DeVries another mistake in a weekend um, and we'll see what happens maybe by the time this goes out Liam Lawson will be in but 
we shall wait and see. Yeah, not convinced it'll happen. Well, apparently DeFries has been told now, hasn't he, that it's his decision, which is not great. When the what, team is going... DeFries' decision? Apparently. Why would he leave? <laughs> Perhaps he'll get paid off. I don't know. Um, Fair, maybe. Very, yeah, very, very weird kind of scenario going on with Red Bull. Um, but then, of course, yeah, later on in the afternoon, though, Ferrari, they obviously went on to a two-stop strategy. Um, Max Verstappen had obviously pit later than them and was still going quicker, despite being on much older tyres, uh, which was kind of really depressing. Disappointing, um, yeah. Late on in the day, because, you know, there was that small hope that maybe Leclerc could try and close up to him again uh, before the chequered flag, but, yeah, that was apparently uh, never going to happen there, so Verstappen obviously just controlling it at the front. Uh, but it did also mean, though, late on in the day, once again, we had another quality battle between Sainz and Perez for P3, wasn't it? Yes, absolutely brilliant. It was only, I, it felt way longer than three laps, but according to the highlights, it was only three laps. Um, but yeah, every time they were going at it, Science was playing his hand perfectly. I thought it was like really, really clever racecraft from Science um, to, well, either just park it on the apex of turn three and make Perez not get the switch back, or he was backing off enough through turn one that Perez would be ahead of him into the DRS detection point. And then science could DRS him back down to turn four. And this is happening lap on lap. And it was great. It was quality. And especially the lap they ran side by side through the whole first sector and turn four and five as well. Great stuff. And science actually, best weekend I can remember in terms of his pace and fight. Like since this probably year. Silverstone last year. Yeah, definitely this yeah. year. Um, yeah. Yeah, really, really good. Unfortunately for him, it kind of unraveled towards the end. But um yeah, up until then, he was obviously fighting for a podium, also fighting for his team, because Leclerc was, I don't know, eight or nine seconds up the road, and if he'd let Perez through easily, Perez probably had the chance to catch him late in the day and make it a 1-2. So, yeah, science as well, being very clever in terms of holding Norris in the DRS before that whole battle to try and hold Perez in a DRS train rather than ride his tail. Uh, sadly for him, it didn't really work because Norris made a mistake into turn three. And Perez went straight past as soon as he got the back of the train. Um, but yeah, and really... DRS trains don't work against the Red Bull car either because it's so fast down the straights. Yeah, yeah. It's the we only Melbourne, car that isn't we? susceptible to them. Yeah, yeah. But it was yeah, great, great stuff from Science. Probably one of the drivers of the day. Although result-wise, it didn't really <laughs> come to very much. No, no. Unfortunately, um, as as we were going to get onto in just a moment. But I mean, yeah, the last the last bit of Max Verstappen. Um, oh, yeah, there's no other word to describe it, Jamie. Is it? It's just shithousery. Um, <laughs> was he pits with two laps to go from the lead to just bag fast as that bonus point? You know, he he would have only had about four second lead ahead of Charles Leclerc, um, but clearly confident enough in his team. Never have I wanted to see Red Bull fail a pit stop more than right in that moment because yeah. it would have been hilarious. Um, but yeah, pits. The thing is, even if he lost like if he say he had a 10 second pit stop he comes out six seconds behind leclerc with two laps on fresh he wouldn't have got three seconds a lap not in two laps i suppose not in austria but it's no. even if it was a five second pit stop he still comes out behind and passes him so easily but yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. but you probably yeah. wouldn't have, he might then struggle for fast lap bonus point. yeah true. and you never know what leclerc could have done yeah taking um, him out Give science the win, even though he finished yes. it. Yes, yeah, yeah, somehow. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Sergio Perez wins from 15th on the grid, yeah. Yeah, as yeah. you've seen, Alonso style. Um, <laughs> Without cheating. But, I mean, the the big talking point there, wasn't it, Jamie, was after the race, how many penalties 
had to yeah. be dished out to drivers. I mean, apparently, according to the FIA, 1,200 incidents had to be looked at. Across the weekend, the that was, wasn't it? Was that across the weekend I think on the so. whole, was it? Yeah. That is ridiculous, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, and the drivers have to take some, I would say, majority of the blame. All of the blame. Yes. <laughs> They're the ones think... going off the track. Yeah, exactly. And the, the white line defines the track limit. It's We've we've played league racing F1 before. That's how it works. And if you can't... I mean, I always used to just finesse the system and work out how to glitch it. But uh... Glitch it strong. Just abuse it, I think, is probably more yeah. accurate. Yeah, Germany turn one, shout out. Um, yeah, if yeah, if the drivers don't want penalties, stay in the white lines like Joe Gon, you did. And so, who else didn't? Someone ahead of Joe also didn't get a single warning the whole race. But I don't know who it was. Maybe it was Verstappen. Um, uh, no, I think Verstappen... I want to say it was Russell. Could have been. But I know Joe... Uh, say they disqualified a lap that you corner cut on. Joe would have finished P2. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it was poor. And especially Esteban Ocon who after equaling the record in Bahrain for most penalties in a race, he set a new record in Austria for most penalties in a race, so fair play to him. I do think the the way they dished him out for repeat offenders was a bit dumb, because uh, it was four cuts and you get five seconds, another four cuts and you get ten seconds, another four you get five seconds again, and another I thought four it was you get ten four seconds. cuts, you get five, and then another one, it goes straight up to ten. Oh, was and that then it? another four, you get five. Yeah. Yes, that was That's it. That's the yeah. way I'd read it. Yeah, yeah. So that was a little bit daft, I thought, because I just think Codemasters do it better. Just do a quarter cut is a second penalty, effectively. Because yeah. you get three, you get three seconds. Another three, you get another three seconds. Up until you get disqualified, which I guess Ocon wasn't far off by Codemasters standards. No, no, um, Ocon would have been by Cody's standards, I would have thought. Well, I think Cody's fair. give you 20 quarter cuts, isn't it? Something like that. Yeah. yeah. Which Ocon must have been getting on towards. Um but yeah, yeah, a bit of a farce, but I mean I it's mean, the driver's fault. Exactly and this is the thing, obviously, when you've got drivers complaining about it, like I'm completely of the mindset that still track limits now, for the first time probably since we started watching Formula One, isn't it, makes sense yeah. at last. Like the yeah. fact that they came in last year, um, Niels Vittich, and I always forget the guy that actually does it now's name. Um, I can't help you there. No, that's really bad, isn't it, for a podcast? Um, knowing Wheel, not knowing yeah, the FIA. Exactly. Yeah, not knowing the FIA. We're not mates with them. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the fact that they came in and went, right, it's white lines now. Simple as that. You stay between the white lines or you're getting penalties. Love that. Absolutely yeah. love that. It was and so most dumb, of the drivers like, did as well. Ago. Two years ago but when then, it was like, some corners are the curb, some corners are the white line, some corners you can do what you absolutely want. It was yeah. so stupid. So now the consistency, we love it. And But then you've got drivers going, oh, well, if I haven't gained an advantage, then it shouldn't be a penalty. No, stay between the white lines. I could understand, I think it was Lando. It might have been Lando, it might have been Stroll, who got a warning, even though he locked up, ran off, and definitely lost time. Yeah. I can understand why that's still annoying. Did you see Hogmanay got a warning for retiring from the race? Yes. That was <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but there is an element of you pay to keep it between the white lines. Yeah. The, the only the thing FA could have done better was stay on top of it quicker because yes, on lap there needed 70, to be an automated system. They were still dishing out pens from lap sixty, so we didn't. Know and the that does for change the way a race works, unfortunately, yeah. for a lot of drivers. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're, they're, it, this is the other thing as well that I wonder. 
Um, I think this is more of an Austria problem more than anything else. Uh, but again, you know, it's that fine balance between their pay to keep between the white lines. The trying to trying to think of the right word. They're like the, not corrugated, but the way the outer curbs are around Spielberg. The sausage curbs. No, not the sausage curbs. The grooved oh, ones. Right. Yeah. Um, they don't help either because, of course, they just drag the car further out. Mm. But at the end of the day, if they're going to drag the car further out, stay don't away touch from them in the first place. <laughs> Should be yeah. pretty simple. In football, if a ball goes over the line, it's out. There's nothing exactly. like that's how it works. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just very, very weird. But you know, it did mean at the end of the day that Max Verstappen takes the win ahead of Charles Leclerc. Uh, Sergio Perez, good recovery to P3 ahead of Lando Norris. Alonso had a sights after his penalties, so sights after having a mega race came sixth somehow. Yeah. Um, Russell and Hamilton recovered back, obviously, into decent points. Stroll Hamilton and two penalties. Gasly. Hamilton did get two penalties. Uh, and yeah, Albon and Zhou Guanyu, two drivers that I think deserve points um, there in P10. And Logan Sargent, bizarrely enough, P11 looks like a fantastic no, no, that's race. That's not P11. So Alban was twelfth. Joe was no Alban eleventh. Joe twelfth. Oh, sorry. I've yeah, none miscounted. of them got points. No. No. Um, Sergeant P thirteen, which you think is quite good until you realise that everyone else behind him completely ruined their own afternoons. Yeah. Um. So he was kind of still last, sort of. Last of the um, people who didn't get mega penalties. Yeah. With Ocon, yeah. yeah, dropping I think from what eleventh down to fourteenth with 14th, thirty seconds of penalty. Around a, a one-minute track is yeah. so dumb. Although, would that have been okay if, for example, obviously, because then what do you have when if you get thirty seconds of penalties, but the car behind you is a lap behind you? Well, that's like yeah, so like that's Albon was past, just yeah. ahead of Verstappen, wasn't he? Yeah, he that's happened. Line. I used to get that in league racing when you'd be. I mean, I wasn't lapped that often, but I think on one occasion, the guy behind me had just been lapped, and I was ahead of him with a load of penalties just determined to stay ahead of the leader because <laughs> it, like, it's just tough luck because the guy behind finishes and you are still on the lead lap so they just yeah. they can't go ahead of you because there's no way of measuring it which is no yeah i mean if this is a constant it's issue i need something to the uh yeah it's probably never going to happen apart from a spielberg yeah exactly so. exactly <laughs> um but jamie 183 then hello that is me that is you do you want to do your quiz, or do you want to go through driver of the day, that kind of thing? Well, let's do the quiz first. Hey, we're going to do the quiz first. So, famously, of course, Max Verstappen now has jumped Ayrton Senna for race victories mm-hmm. in Formula 1. 42, 42 now against Ayrton Senna's 41, of course. Half of those being taken in since the start of last season, isn't it? Uh, which yeah. is kind of nuts. Uh, but we're not asking you about Max Verstappen right now. Oh, no. You're, oh, the, you're the Senna fan here. I am the Senna fan here, exactly. <laughs> so what I'm going to ask you, good sir, if I can work out how the alphabet works, you've got one minute, and you're going to tell me of those 41 victories. You don't what have to tell... It's going to be racetracks, isn't it? You are going to name me every racetrack there in Senna 1. Oh, Your time no. starts now. All right, Monaco. Yep. Uh, like Kailami? Um, uh, nope. Silverstone? Uh, yeah, Hungary. Put it Hungary ring. Yeah, won that um, there quite a few times. Nurburgring, Hockenheim. Uh, he did win in the Hockenheim ring. Nurburg was off the calendar. Uh, can I just name countries? I've got these tracks. Um, Brands Hatch. I think I want tracks. Uh, never uh, raced Brands Hatch. Oh dear, France like Magnicourt. No, uh, never won there. Spain, Barcelona. Um, what's the odd track? Uh, he did win at Barcelona. 
Madrid? No. <laughs> uh, America. That's got to take like six off, right? Uh, no, I'm asking <laughs> for specific tracks in America. Uh, Caesar's Palace. Uh, nope. Vegas. Nope. Uh, Never oh, raced either of them, I don't think. I just say that. Uh, Dallas. You got ten seconds. No. Nope. Um, oh, so many European. Monza. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, Austria. Uh, nope. And your time is up. Melbourne, Adelaide. <laughs> oh dear. That was so funny. there were seventeen answers there. Oh, hello. Um, there were seventeen answers there, Jamie. One, two, That's three. That's really four, cruel. Five, six, seven. You know, you know, I'm not good at anything pre 2010. No, pre 2006. Yep, exactly. Hence why I ask you. Um, so there were seventeen answers. You got six. So nice. just over a thirty-three percent conversion rate. Um, you forgot some that you kick yourself for. Yep. Spa. Oh yeah, nice. Yeah. For example, one there. I, <laughs> I just forgot about times. Europe. I tried to name obscure tracks and just forgot about all the basic ones. Pretty much. Uh, Canada, one there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yep. Brazil, one there. Japan, oh, Brazil, come on. That's so one obvious. at Japan. Uh, Australia, obviously Suzuka. that was Adelaide. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, Estoril. I, Estoril was the one I should. I was trying to name, but I forgot. Yeah, and Mexico, um, and then the US tracks <laughs> that you couldn't quite get. Detroit. You also got San Marino. Uh, Detroit, yep, and Phoenix were the Phoenix, two you were missing okay. there. Yeah. Um, so disappointing from you there, Jamie183. Yeah. Um, a disappointing I'm going to ask you about the 1960s next week. Please do. <laughs> Please do. I, I look forward to it. Um, driver of the day, then. Here mm-hmm. from Spielberg. Or driver of the weekend, I suppose we do. Driver of the weekend. I mean, I'm not giving it to Max, just because that's quite boring. But he did do everything he could have done. I mean, he scored every possible point, couldn't he? I don't yeah. think it's harsh not to uh, give it to him, but I'm, I totally I'll give get it. it. I'll give it to Lando Norris. I think, he, yeah, Lando Lando Norris had a fantastic He got weekend, the official one as well. He did, didn't he? Because, uh, yeah, he had, he had a very good weekend. People forget that he is a uh, merchant around the venue as well. But, you know, doesn't make him any less good this weekend. Uh, yeah. Sykes as well, like I said, I think he probably deserves a bit of a shout-out. Um, despite the fact he didn't really look good on the results. Um, and if it's for Sunday only, I think Checo did quite a decent job, all yeah. things considered. And second, but yeah. Every driver that didn't get a track limits penalty, I think, yes. also deserves a bit of a shout-out <laughs> in that regard. In terms, then, of our own little predictions, uh, I did you... really well this week, didn't I? Yeah, I need to start taking it seriously again and stop predicting Alonso to win. Um, yeah, so I think... I got seven points. Out of Seven ten, points. wasn't it? Six of them were for Max, but I'm taking it. <laughs> yes, I should realistically six should be a minimum for a sprint weekend these days. Um, but for and some reason, you guess, sorry? I said Alonso would win the sprint race, which yes. uh, didn't happen. Didn't really look like ever happening at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's a shame. But I think what I got four points for Verstappen, Quali, and race, and that was it. Was that it? I think you put Leclerc on the podium. No, I, I didn't. You... I went along with Russell. Yeah. Oh, yes, you did. So you got four <laughs> points this weekend, which actually means the scores are closing in. It's they 35 are. to 33. I'm fighting back this year. This you is going to be my year. I need to start I being boring back. again. You maybe, maybe. Oh, I, I'm quite a fan of the fact I might actually have a chance um, this year, <laughs> which, is, which is good for me. Um, race yeah, rating? We got race rating. Yes, of course. I knew we were forgetting one last thing. Yeah, I mean, I quite enjoyed it. Yeah, it was another... It's so weird, isn't it, this year? It was another race that was... There was a lot going on, to be fair. Yeah, yeah. The thing is, we had these races, like, for four years in a row, basically, where you just expected Hamilton to win, or at least one of the Mercedes to win. Um, And 
we lived for the the Germany 2019s and the uh, what other races are good? I guess like Germany 2018, Germany 2018, stuff like that where the the win was in doubt because of wet weather or because of mistakes and stuff. So, and I don't like that's kind of why races like Hander 11 are just the best race of that decade completely because compared to the second half of the decade, they were quality, and we're kind of in yeah. the in the middle of the dominant period at this point so it's a shame because but you can't you can't give out nines and tens lightly because there just won't be that many in a season no um, no well really when you think about it there should only be on average two 10 out of 10 races a year yeah i mean this race was good i'd give it a six and a half <laughs> i think that's fair isn't it was it? better than you baku know, that's what i say every week <laughs> we do need to keep tabs don't we properly about the scores we're giving each grand prix yeah. this year um but i'm gonna the... give it a seven it felt like top half race of this season, probably. Yeah. But that's not yeah. saying a lot, really. I think, yeah, there were some good battles up and down the field once again, which is good. And I think it's always a difficult thing as well, isn't it? Because let's be fair, take take Adrian Newey out of the scenario. Regulations this year have worked fantastically. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, we'd have um, such a great battle between... Adrian I mean, Newey plus Jeco, Max Verstappen. Because yeah. even without Verstappen, Perez probably wouldn't be leading the champion. No, he would be, wouldn't he? Yeah, he would um, be. But not by a lot. <laughs> no, no, we'd still have a bit of a fight on our hands, which would be nice. Yeah, um, yeah, just, just they're they're kind of in the way, aren't they? They're just kind of witnessing greatness. Spirits. So, well, yeah, I mean, this is the thing. I mean, it did make me laugh because I saw a tweet yesterday from someone going, "Remember us, Max fans. We've got to enjoy these days because soon we'll be like Lewis." And I'm thinking, you bastard. <laughs> I struggle to enjoy, even though I'm a Mac. I like to see him be successful, but when it's taking entertainment away from the sport, it's a struggle. And the thing it is as well, like we said at the start, it is the way Max is winning on yeah. a lot of weekends yeah. as well. Um, that is just. I'm just glad he's not complaining boring. all the time like Lewis used to do. So. <laughs> yeah. I must admit, even I did get a little bit annoyed on a couple of occasions with Lewis this weekend. Yeah, he didn't do um, On Sunday anyway. Yeah. Um, but again, it's, like we said, it's one of his bogey tracks. It's a really oh, yeah. odd venue for him. Um, which is a bit of a shame as well. But have we got anything else to talk about, Jamie? McLaren are bringing Chrome back. I, mean, I was literally about, about to say that. I was like, we get to talk about that on hopefully <laughs> Thursday or Friday, Spoiled whenever it. the podcast goes up. Um, that that can hopefully be quite cool. But yeah, we will be back then. Like we said, obviously, um, to recap. Oh, sorry, to preview even, I should say, the British Grand Prix uh, later on in the week. Thank you all, as always, so much for watching. If you have enjoyed, please do make sure to leave a like, get yourself subscribed, follow us on all our various social media bits and pieces as well. Uh, and yeah, we will return very, very soon then, ready to discuss the British Grand Prix.